what do you want yourself in three months, six months, a year to look back and see of you and what you did? Is it to embrace fear and chase your dreams and do it anyway? And a lot of times I hear the excuses, I don't know what kind of content to make. And I'm like, that's an excuse again. Everything that you do is content. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I have such a good interview lined up for you today. My good friend, my past client, my confidant, Ms. Shelby Claymont, is on the episode today, sharing openly, sharing freely with us about her expertise and her journey, and you guys are going to love it. Shelby is somebody that I connected with very early in the online space. She sent me a slew of DMs and was like, Emily, we have to connect. I feel like we're so similar. In hindsight, we are not similar at all. We're opposites, but I believe it's what attracts us together. And we went in such a quick amount of time from being just DM friends on the internet to we're actually texting friends now. And eventually that turned into a client relationship. I love her dearly and I am so excited to introduce her and her amazing business and brand to you today in the episode. Shelby is truly a marketing powerhouse. She has a passion for helping entrepreneurs and businesses unleash their full potential online. With years of experience and a proven track record of success, Shelby has helped numerous brands increase their brand awareness and scale their businesses through the power of digital marketing. As the founder of Shelby Claymont Marketing, which is a social media management agency that she has grown from the ground up, you guys, it is a phenomenal success story. She is a highly sought after business coach as well and the host of her very own podcast, Damn Good Content. I am over on her podcast as well. Go check out our episode. As a side note, after this one, you guys are going to love it. Shelby has guided over 100 different businesses and brands towards success. Her coaching and turnkey strategies have empowered entrepreneurs to implement the newest marketing tactics and achieve remarkable results in the digital world. Today, we dive into her backstory, how she got started, how to move forward with courage and with faith and without fear or in the face of fear, how to move forward anyways. We talk about it all, and I'm so excited for you to hear from her and learn from her and adopt some of her mindset and some of her conviction in herself as your own. You guys are going to love this episode. Let's go ahead and get started. Shelby, welcome to She Leads First. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I'm also so excited to talk to you about some events that you have coming up, but we're going to get into that more at the end. We were already getting excited about it (laughs) pre-interview here before we turn the cameras on, but we've got a lot to dive into today. Something that I want to start off with is 
an acknowledgement of your attitude, the way you approach life. Something that I observe about you that I admire so much is that you have such a go-getter attitude. It always seems like you have this ability to just move with faith and not with fear and go after what you want so fiercely. And I want to know, is this something that you feel too? Is that an accurate description of how it looks from the outside in? And have you always been this way or is it something that you've cultivated with time? I think it's probably more so I've always been like this and now more so than ever being an entrepreneur. If you kind of crawl into a hole or in a ball, I guess you would say in child's position and you don't move and you're just like are paralyzed with fear, then you don't succeed at all. And so with, with that, I had to really adjust my mindset and know that, you know, I am very religious. I'm very faith. I believe in God. I do all those things. And and I think that I'm on the path that I need to be on and what he has guided me to be. So I just trust that I'm on the right path and that, you know, if I stood in fear, then I would not even be remotely close to where I am today. I'd still be in corporate. You would. And that's a beautiful segue into what I want to talk to you about first, because you've had quite the journey. It's been quite the shift from where you started in corporate to where you are now. Can you give us the high-level overview? And first off, where you got started, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was the oil industry? Yes. So I went to the oil and gas industry straight out of college. I was 23 years old, literally thrown in headfirst as their marketing director. And I was like, what the heck am I supposed to do? And so over the eight years, I figured it out. I loved what I did in the very beginning. I mean, I was young and I was single. I didn't have any kids at the time. So I was able to just pick up life and fly everywhere. And in the beginning, they don't have marketing. So truly anything that you did for them was amazing. But as you evolve as a human, as your skill set evolves, you want to do more within the community and for the company as a whole. And where I was growing in what I knew was next for the marketing shift, that just wasn't the right fit for me. And I remember going on multiple interviews, being turned down, telling me I was overqualified. They couldn't pay me. And all I really wanted to do was take a step back, take a pay cut. I was literally craving to learn from someone, gain knowledge from someone else. And I would go home miserable and I'd cry. And at this point, right before I left, I had been married. I mean, I was married to Jonathan and we had an 18 month old. Well, at the time it was like 12 month olds. Cause I found out I was newly pregnant. They would be 18 months apart. So oh do gosh. the math there. <laughs> and I was just miserable. And I was like, okay, maybe this is God's plan for me is to stay in corporate, to be a mom, do a nine to five, whatever the case may be. That's fine. I accepted it. Well, one day, I don't even know what I was doing. I was on the internet doing something at work and I stumbled upon a conference called Social Media Marketing World. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Never in a million years did I think my or the company that I was working for would actually pay for me to go. But they were like, yeah, go. And I was like, cool. Went to California. Never been to California. Let's preface that. Went to California, newly pregnant, went to the social media marketing world, found out that there's like a huge need for social media managers and always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but didn't know what I wanted to do. But I came back and boom, COVID hit. And so I was like chilling with corporate security very pregnant. My oldest was home with me. So I was like, we're chilling. Let me implement what I learned at social media marketing world into the corporate business. I mean, the corporate company that I was with. And so I did that and their social media skyrocketed. So in 2021, I got my first client on the side and I thought I was just going to do kitchen renovation at our house. I was like, it's a good side hustle, whatever. 
did not advertise. It kind of snowballed. People kind of found out that I was helping them. One thing led to the next. And in May 2021, I was able to leave corporate. I remember going to John because I'm more of like a visionary where if I see the opportunity, I am going to take a leap, basically like how she explained in the beginning of this and just like leap and hopefully it works. And I remember sitting in the living room. I had an Excel document of all the clients that I had signed up and my salary. And the only thing John had told me was, if you can match your salary, you can leave. And I was like, Okay. And so I remember pulling up the Excel document on our TV and showing him like, look, we, I have the business. I have the business. So sure enough, I was able to leave corporate and I'm telling you overnight, my attitude changed and it's just been a freaking whirlwind ever since. I mean, there's very much highs and lows, but it's, it's been a beautiful journey for sure. There's something so freeing and there is such an energy shift when you step into your own business. Oh, yes. Like even if you're doing the same thing or something very similar to what you were doing for something else, just when it's yours, it just like the work doesn't feel like work. Right. For sure. Such a shift. So, okay. It sounds like then you grew a client roster pretty quickly while you were working full time. What was that like? Well, at first it was under the radar because I was like so scared they would find out and like fire me and be like, what are you doing? (laughs) But it was tough. There was a lot of late nights and very, very early mornings because in the very beginning, I didn't invest in a scheduler, which is obviously the holy grail of a social media manager. And I just thought that I had 10 clients and I was like, oh, I can just post on their accounts. And when I mean that, I mean, I was creating their content, creating their captions, posting every morning at five o'clock for 10 clients and trying to just figure it out. Was that the best practices? I don't know. Got me here. But, (laughs) and then I finally was like, John, I have to invest in this. And I remember thinking back, that it was $1,400 a year. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much money. And especially when you're not like so confident that that money is going to continue to come in. Because when I first started, I didn't have contracts. I didn't do anything. I was literally just like a naive child basically. And I was, (laughs) I was basically basing it off of relationship and nobody's going to cancel our whatever. And I don't need contracts or what all that. And so I was so scared of that $1,400 And I finally just bit the bullet and said, you know what, I'm going to get it. And the moment I did that, it was just, you just have to trust the process and like the journey that you're on and what mindset I've adapted. I mean, working with you and, you know, the shifts I've tried to make personally is I embrace failure because that's the only way that I'm going to learn. And if I do not fail, then I do not get better. There is no ounce in me that thinks that if I fail and this business burns to the ground that I can't do it again or go get a job. So to me, when you are able to make such a mind shift of that sort, then it's so freeing, no matter what you believe in, no matter anything, when you can understand and feel confident within yourself and what you are providing to the world and what you're chasing and what dream that may be, it is unbelievable. So that would be something I would tell people to really kind of hone in on. It really makes me think of it like failure is a mindset and not a particular circumstance. Right. For sure. Because it really is true where even if everything were to burn to the ground for some reason, you learn lessons in all of that. Yeah. Everything that happens, we get to carry with us into the next thing. And I think that's such a hallmark of entrepreneurship in general. And the great news is it's a skill that everybody can cultivate, but we have to be willing to pick ourselves back up and say, okay, this was a learning experience. Yeah. What did this give to me instead yeah. of 
oh my gosh, I'm not built for this. It's over. No, Mm -hmm. let's shift that and keep moving forward. Right. There's something you said, though, that I want to really reflect back. Well, a couple of things you said that I want to just pull out and emphasize for everybody listening because it's so important and it's so easy to think that other people aren't going through this when we start our businesses. And one, you said you hustled. Yeah. Right? Late nights, early morning. We have this dream of entrepreneurship that from the get-go, it's going to be you have all your time back and it's just you on your own schedule and not having to do anything. But the reality is, is I don't know anybody who hasn't hustled to build their business in the beginning. Yes. And so I love that you are open and upfront about that because I think more people need to honestly step into work mode to yep. pull their dreams into their reality. Exactly. But also, I want to reflect this back too for the people who are afraid to get into action. You said you had no contracts, no tech in place, none of the quote unquote things that we all think that we need to get started. Now, side note, sign contracts, you guys. Yes. Get legal (laughs) involved for sure. Yes. (laughs) From the early action stages. But you had a full roster of clients. Like none of that stopped you. It's not the fancy things. It's not the fancy sales pages that get us clients. It's it's us, right? It's our, right. our our product. It's what we're delivering and our conviction. Yeah. And I think it's so important for people to hear that because it's so easy to say like, well, I just can't afford the $1,400 a year tech, so I must not be able to do this. But you were like, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and post by hand for all of yeah. these clients every single yeah. day. Yep. How many people are willing to do that, right? Exactly. The successful people are. So. Right. Hustle gets a bad a bad rep, I think, sometimes in our industry. And I don't want anybody to go into burnout, but I also just want to reflect back that it's a necessity in oh, so many yeah. of our businesses, right? Yeah, right. And I think, too, a lot of people hone in on the fact that, like, you don't have to hustle forever. You're hustling to build the business and the brand of your dreams in the sense of this is now yours. No one's going to work hard like you or work as hard as you do on something that is your dream. And then also too, we, I think we talked about this on the episode you were on my podcast is we talked about the fact that people look at social media and they think that success happened overnight Mm -hmm. because it's such a preview of someone's life and it's so heightened at where they are, but it's not showcasing all the nitty gritty that they had to do to get there. So I think that that has also altered a little bit of people's mindset when it comes to starting a side hustle or chasing their freaking dreams. If you have to work in corporate to get to your, to be an entrepreneur for yourself, then work in corporate to be, to start your side hustle to get there. So I'm a huge advocate for that. Absolutely. And I think it's, it was smart of your husband and also great motivation for you to have that goal of once you hit your income that you have in the salary in your corporate job, then you can leave. What a great, what a great goal to strive for. Yeah, like what a great benchmark of like, okay, we're really doing this thing. And once I get here, then I can move, but also creates that sense of safety for you to build your business without it being your only lifeline. Right. And I want to say this too, one more thing, because what people don't realize is like, it wasn't just like John and I, if you go back and you say like, well, me and my husband or me and my wife or who, whatever, we both contribute financially to our families or whether you're just not there yet. It is a huge risk, but you have to incorporate the benefit aspect. And also I had a company car 
and I had a salary. So not only did I have to replace my salary, I had to go buy a vehicle and I had to get in like benefits as well. So it's doable when you want to chase your dreams. And if there's an opportunity for you to chase your dreams, then I believe in you, whether I know you or I don't know you, because the freeing aspect of it, like M just said as well, it is untouchable. It is a feeling that you, it's very hard to explain because it's yours. You're building that now. So I just wanted to preface that anything is possible, no matter the obstacles that are presented. I will Amen. say that. Absolutely. Okay. So now you have the agency. Yes. You have Shelby Claymont Marketing and it is thriving. It is. I want to chat a little bit about how you acquire clients for this business because we are in the online space, obviously. We're building mm-hmm. online brands. We create content for the goal of that helping us to get clients. However, I love to talk to people that we should not discount the importance of word of mouth marketing and in-person networking either. Right. And so I'm curious in your marketing business, is there a percentage of clients that comes not from the online space? How has your business grown? Well, first and foremost, my business grew from word of mouth because I didn't even have an Instagram account. Like it literally was like, when I tell y'all, I found such a market that wasn't, it was a necessity. I hit it right in the the greatest time. And word of mouth is always hands down your best form of marketing because those people have worked with you or they know someone that's worked with you and then they are vouching for you. Obviously my whole business is online, so I don't want to discount that. But I was also talking to someone else that I know is a social media manager. She's like, Shelby, how are you getting all these clients? And I said, do you give back to your community? So like, are you going to colleges and speaking for free? Are you putting on classes and educational things that are teaching these business owners or whatever the case may be for your industry for free? Giving stuff away for free is okay to build your brand. And it is okay to continue to do until there's a moment where then yes, you can say this is the price. So I get paid for the social media management service. I do a lot of things for free to build that personal brand. So then they will work with the agency. So I will say a lot of what I do within the community in the last probably year and a half since I moved to Covington is probably... 60% of my referral base because, or my clientele, because they know me from the community, but they also take or see everything from social. So basically what I do is I film everything because content is literally everything that you do. And I put repurpose it online so they can one, see me talking in front of people or see me teaching or see me in my element. So they learn from me, which drives them to my social. So ultimately they see me in person or they see me around town. Second form of touch is social media. So then they start following me. They start seeing it. It's starting to be in their brain and reoccurring. And then they're like, Oh, I know someone that can help you with that kind of marketing. And then they call me. So I would say my involvement in the community is huge. I'm so glad that you said that. And I feel like that duality, that one, giving things away for free, and especially if you can find ways to do it in person, plus two, having a robust online presence that you're active on, that starts to be an incredibly powerful way to get clients in the door because it's almost like you're building your resume online. Like there's something there for people to come back to, but then you're hooking them in with the power of networking and in-person connections. So I love that. I feel like you found the secret sauce there and obviously it's paying off for you. It's working. Yeah. It's crazy how many people though, their brains don't go to, okay, what can I do in my community? 
And like you said, that's, that's been your golden ticket. You've really monopolized your area in a beautiful way. Like you are top of the top there. How did you know to start doing that? And how did you know to start reaching out to, like you said, colleges? And are there other places where you offer your services that we can give people, some people, some ideas on? So it all kind of started with one of the clients I was working for. It was a law firm and they obviously want to give back to the real estate. It's a feeding frenzy obviously in the real estate world right now. And so they wanted to give back to their real estate people, their mortgage lenders, their insurance, that they would be the preferred law firm. So of course they wanted to give back Well, I was doing their social media. So they were like, would you mind putting on a free social media class? We'll pay for the food. We'll pay for the venue. We'll do all those things. Will you just come speak? And I was like, yeah. And so I started that probably last year. No, the year before LSU, I went to LSU in the women's in business organization reached out to me because one of my girls worked for for them. And so I started talking to them. And then I started talking to local businesses. And then last year, around October, when the market went literally like crash and burn, and everybody was like dropping like flies, I got pissed off, like straight up. Like, I'll be very frank. I was like, the one thing that you should be doing is marketing and utilizing social media. It's free. So whether you pay me to help you do that, or you do it on your own, let me now teach you. So I, my strategy was partnering with the newest local place that opened, which was the beer garden. And I promoted the crap out of a free social media seminar and 150 people walked through the doors. Wait, I want to like really do this story justice because I have this even on my list of things I want to talk to you about. Okay. 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 Shelby just, just decided just Just one day. One day. (laughs) I don't play. It just, I just go. I'm going to run a social media seminar. And how many people showed up? 150. 150 people. You probably closed that beer garden down. Like it literally, I'm telling you. Okay. So everybody was like, it was, it cost me $1,500. Literally. I knew it was an investment. I got one sponsor. We split it. I got my return on my investment before I walked out the door. I got a client that was literally signed. He's still with me today. Actually two clients from that. So I did it. I did the event bright little thing and jig. I like they could give me their email address. I was like, cool, I'll build my list as I do this. I'm only expecting 50 people because I've already spoken to people. So I was like, it's free. People will come. It's the new place to be, whatever. Did people register ahead of time? Did you have yes. a sense of who was coming? Yes. So then I had 80 slots and then I opened up more slots. And so I think 100 people officially signed up on the event break link. And so the time it comes, I didn't want to pay for food. I didn't want to do that. I had a bar tab. Like, I mean, obviously I knew how to get people in the door. And so I, <laughs> exactly. And so it was one fifty eight. I remember, or 155. And I was in the bathroom and literally it was two o'clock. It started. I went to the bathroom and I'm not even kidding. There was like maybe 10 people there. Like oh maybe I come out and I was like, holy shit, what happened? My husband was like, Shelby, I prayed that like, please God, just give her like 10 more people to come. She'll have 20 people. He goes, I looked up and it was ants coming from every direction, filling it in. They had the bar stools. They pulled chairs from outside. It was so cool. And it wasn't like, cause at the end I was like, did they even like it? And cause you know, you black out. I mean, right. I've never <laughs> spoken in front of that many people. And so my sis, my whole family came. That's right. Actually, when they realized like what I actually do for a living. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Shelby, they were all engaged. They were taking pictures of your slide. They were videoing you. Everybody was just so intrigued with what you were doing. And in that moment, I was like, holy crap, what did I just do? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm really bad at like taking a minute. And I feel like you know this about me already at this point of like celebrating the small victories. Like that's actually kind of a big deal. But I like just moved on. I was like, cool, that was awesome. But I I struggle with mindset stuff. So don't don't let that ruin this <laughs> this whole hype of things. Like that's my own personal things. But I was just like, holy crap. And I want to say this too. You don't have to have a lot of following for that to happen. I think I had under 2000 followers when I decided one day on October that I was going to do an event in November, literally the day after Halloween. How, so how much prep did you have from idea to when it happened? Two weeks. I think. Two weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I literally, and now I made a video in Canva. It was like, sketchy. I will share it with you if you really want. It was actually really good. Like I got hyped up watching it. I was like, yes, I always like have to put a little bit of trap music with something to get me hyped, but that's my life. And so I'm okay with that. And so I did that. And then I hired one of the videographers like around like, so I guess my investment was like $2,000. And so I hired them to do like a promo video. So I did my hype video, which was save the date. And then they did the video of like what it would be like. And then I just like every day for two weeks posted something about it, something about the pain points that we would be addressing, like all the things that they get from it and just like really honed in on the fact that it was free. It is free. It is free. It is free. Bring your friend. And then I also use the power of networking as I told people, hey, even if that you're not able to make this, can you please share what I just put on social and I would send them the link. I would make it so stinking easy. I'd send them the event break link. I'd send them the social link. I would send them the things where they could click it. Cause you know, ultimately people are lazy. If you don't yeah. give them the exact thing they need to do, they're not going to do it. So yeah, that's, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it really is. And you are not alone when you said, you know, I have mindset things around stopping and appreciating. I think almost every entrepreneur does. It's why yeah. in my containers, I always tell people, what are you celebrating today? What are you celebrating? And make you reflect it back to me is because it's so easy to just move on and be like, what's yeah. the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? But when you were prepping for this, was there ever a moment or a voice in your head or fear that was like, what if I can't do this? Or what if nobody shows up? Every single day. I'm dealing with that right now. Like every single, every moment of every day, even when I watch the numbers register and the odds are like, typically they say, if you invite a hundred people to a wedding, expect 70, 50 to 75% to actually show up. So you already know those statistics, you know that. So if 80 people signed up on Eventbrite to come to my event, I was already expecting 40, but in my mind I was like, zero are going to come. And I'm like, that's so dumb. But that's like what my mind triggers. And so I fight that on a daily on anything I do. How do you fight that? How do you reframe that for yourself? I, I give myself grace. Hmm. And then either a lean to the people that are the closest to me, and they make me bring out the facts that obviously diminish the negative thoughts. So like, you don't have the facts that people aren't going to show up. You have the facts that people signed up. So let's lean into that. Or if they don't show up, that is okay. You're, you're, these are the stepping stones. Or I just turn my music up really loud in my car and I sing. And it makes mm-hmm. me in a great mood. So like it just, you have to, or, okay, three is I'm a huge workout advocate. Like if I do not work out, not necessarily to have like this awesome figure. It's truly my mindset. And if I don't work out, you know, 
from that day. Like my husband can tell you if I don't get up in the morning and work out, I'm a completely different person. And it's because all this stuff that comes with being an entrepreneur, a mom of two very young little boys, it's just like we're going through our renovation. Like it's just so much of a mind suck that like you have to figure out what's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. And how you're able to get out of that because imposter syndrome is real and it doesn't go away. It's a Mm -hmm. constant battle that you are continuing to try to get better at managing. And that's just, I don't have the answers to that because I deal with it every day. I actually, I just did an episode on imposter syndrome and what I believe causes it and, Mm -hmm. and how to reframe it. And my answer is that you stack evidence in your favor of what you want to believe instead. And you make it easy for yourself to drop into that mindset, which it sounds like for you working out is one great way to do that. And honestly, I think it is for most people. Life is hard. You got to choose what kind of hard you want. It's either hard right. because you're you're sweating it out in the morning and you're making yourself get the the endorphins going and get yeah. in the mood, or it's hard because you didn't do that and now the weight of everything else feels heavier because you didn't get yourself in that good place first. So yeah, those are great answers, and I default to a lot of the same things too the, for reframing the mindset of what if this doesn't work. My big one too is what are the facts? Like what do I actually know to be true versus what are the stories that I'm writing? And then I honestly go to, and it sounds like a little bit bad news, but it it helps the brain is, well, what if the worst case scenario happens? Will I yes. be okay? Yes. Will you survive the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm, and if so, what are you worrying about? Right. And it goes back to what we said in the beginning of like failure is a mindset, not an actual state of being. If you can pick yourself up through whatever your brain is telling you the worst case scenario is, if you can envision yourself getting through that before it happens, you're going to be fine. And guess what? It's probably not going to happen worst case scenario anyways. Yes. And if you flip that script one time, I mean, this is really harder. It's easier said than done. And you say, what if it works out? What if I pack the place? What if this is what I'm supposed to be doing and it's flawless. We as humans always jump to the negative instead of the positive in which that's where our mind just, then we're just screwed. Might as well just. Absolutely. <laughs> and I believe whatever you go looking for is what you're going to find too. Yes. Yes. Um, yep. Such a good piece of advice. Okay. There's one other moment in that story that I want to pick your brain on. Yeah, and it was when you went to the bathroom and there were 10 people sitting outside what were you saying to yourself? How were you preparing to go out there and serve those 10 people? I was still very nervous because like 10 people, I've I've learned to shift my mindset that I now, it's not about the amount of people I impact. It's like if I can solely impact one human, like if I can really change someone and them chase their dreams and, and do what they, they're meant to do, then that's the biggest advocate for me. But I will say I was nervous as heck. I had sweaty armpits. And I probably peed for the 50th time because I was like, oh, my God, I've <laughs> really never. <laughs> yeah, I've never just like talked in front of like, I mean, when I say I've talked in front of our community or colleges, like colleges, it's cho- it's basically young it's kids. Children, yes, <laughs> it's children. And they're just staring at you or they're doing it for extra credit. But like, mm-hmm. whatever, it, I'm getting it for content for me. Or if it's for other businesses, it's not that many people. And it's like a smaller room. This is a large room. And like they've set it up, whatever. So probably if I could think back today, I was probably just like, oh my God, am I going to remember what I'm supposed to say? Am I going to sound dumb? And when I'm trying to be funny, am I actually funny? Like those things of, I just hope I touch one person, honestly, is what I tried to envision when I do it. Now it's like, I'm just so excited about all the opportunities that are coming up. Like I get on stage and I just like turn into a completely different person. Like I'm just like so high energy. I just... 
it's just so different. But I remember that that was my first event and it was on me. Like that's mm-hmm. my name. No one asked me to do that. And so I was like, please just don't fail. That's <laughs> basically it. Going out there on a prayer. But I love the the reframe and dropping back into service of just one person. One person. If I just help one person, then I, I did my job. Mm-hmm. I, I have a very similar mindset around those things. And I always tell my masterminds and my clients like, I'm going to show up for one person the same way I show up for 100 people. So even if I'm running a masterclass, let's say it's not even an in-person thing, I'm going to show up for one person on that masterclass the same way I would show up if there were 100 people that joined it. The amount of people that are there doesn't change how I show up and the energy that I bring because I want to serve that one person too. Exactly. So it's a beautiful mindset and a beautiful reminder for people as well. Did you always know that you wanted to speak to groups live and on stages? I don't know what I wanted to do. I will say when I was in corporate, I actually never really, I mean, I thought I'd be an entrepreneur, but like I come from entrepreneurs. Like my parents own a screen printing and embroidery shop here. They've owned it for, I'm pretty sure it's like 35 to 40 years. I'm pretty sure. So I always knew I wanted that. I always thought I would have a brick and mortar. Like I literally thought that. I didn't think that this would be it, but I did remember when I went to social media marketing world's and I saw people speaking on stages. I was like, hey, now, that's my jam. My brother-in-law, shout out to him. I will always say, he would always tell my sister, Shelby is meant for more. She has the personality for more, the voice for more, the draw, like all those things. And I just thought, oh, he's just being nice. Like he's family, like whatever. And so when I get, it's like a whole different feeling. When I get on stage and I talk to people and I teach them about the things that I love, whether that's social media, motivation, getting over mindset, because it all has evolved over time of like what I talk about, because social media is a big mind game. I walk off a completely different person. I feel very filled up. I feel so much joy. I feel like I'm literally doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And to me, no. I I think I even have a reel where I said what used to make me want to crawl into a hole is now something that brings me light and joy. And that's me going on stages and speaking. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool to see that evolution. And it's so awesome that your brother-in-law saw this in you from the get-go. I know. Isn't it crazy? What an awesome story to tell now and to really just even probably appreciate more than it even was in the moment of you're like, wow, you saw this in me. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Because so many times too, our families don't get it. They don't see it in us. <laughs> well, I will say this. Okay, so I have a documentary coming out very soon, and it's actually freaking flawless. I didn't think it was going to turn out like this. And Matt, we we actually is my brother in law. We actually talk about how Louisiana people, when I did tell them I was leaving, especially like family, it's not that they didn't support me, but when I told them I was leaving a cushion corporate job, right for social media management, literally in the in the video, Kelsey was like, I remember Shelby coming home and saying. I want to leave for social media management. And I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, what are you, what, what the hell are you even thinking? Cause it's just like so foreign to people if they don't know what that is. So right. supportive. Yes. Scared. Yes. That was like attributes that they were all like feeling in that moment. I'm sure John was freaking out too. Cause I mean, we both contributed, but like in the sense of they were still so supportive and I've tried to, Lately, especially sit back and really look at everything that is going on and everything that I've accomplished in a very short two and a half years. And I'm just like, you got to appreciate it, man. Because if not, 
then what are we doing it for? You know? So absolutely. Absolutely. So now the business has grown so much, which is so cool to see. You have a full team that works with you, helping you on the business and working Mm -hmm. with you, which so cool also to step into a management role and get to learn that side of things as well. Oh, yeah. But you made you made a leap recently where you decided to separate your personal brand from your business. Oh, yeah, honey. How did that feel? Walk me through that decision. Oh, boy. Emily, if y'all didn't know, Emily coached me. I will go <laughs> ahead and let the cat out of the bag. And she was amazing. And she was there for this entire transition because – For people that are listening, it's almost like, well, it doesn't seem that hard. But if you're not in that moment and that that line drawn in the sand, then you don't understand the heaviness of it. And I guess I felt like I was letting go of my baby when in reality, I wasn't. I was just separating clear as day of they're not the same brand. Mm -hmm. Yes, my agency, I started it. Yes, it's majority my face everywhere. But we're incorporating other things about what we do and how we serve people where my personal brand is completely different. And I needed that, that push from you to say it's time, number one, and to validate like I felt it, you felt it. And it it was scary. It was very, very scary. I remember like thinking like, oh my God, this is scary. But in the same sense, like thinking back, I'm like, that was so silly because why? Why is it so scary? Like this is my business that's an agency. And then this is my personal brand that is me, the podcast, what I want to do, speaking on stages. They're completely separate. They're not the same service base. So I'm glad I did it. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. It feels from the outside looking in perfect. Like it looks like such a beautiful separation, but you're still clearly associated with your brand of your business. Obviously it's in your name. So that helps. But I was talking about this with some previous guests on the the show as well of your personal brand is different no matter who you are and what your business is, then your, your business. Yeah. Your personal brand and your business are two separate entities. And when they're really intertwined, you actually open yourself up to a little bit of risk because whatever you do is also reflected very fully in the brand of the business. Right. Also, when you separate them, it opens up you as the personal brand to go and do more because you're no longer attached specifically to the business entity. You can open up and do new projects. You can have new ventures. Like you're saying, you can open up these speaking gigs just for you, the person, and not necessarily speaking on behalf of the business. The business is always going to be associated with you because you're the founder of it, but it just creates this freedom for your brand to go and thrive. Have you felt that since you made the separation and the distinction? Yes, 1000%. Like, it's just so freeing. It's so good. I I just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, it's just a whole nother level. Like, I feel so free and I can, and just be me versus like when you're working on one account as a personal brand in a business, there's a line you have to kind of walk. And now I can just be like, I'm free. And this is who I am. Yeah. And it's almost like it frees you up to make specific styles of content that maybe didn't feel like they fit under your business before, but you want to make now. Yes. One, 1000%. I hear a lot of people say that of like, oh, what I would just like to make content like this, but it doesn't go with my business. And I'm always kind of in the back of my mind, like, well, maybe you need to start your personal brand account and separate yep. it from your business. Yes. <laughs> separate that, honey. If you are on the fence, if you're on the fence of separating personal brand and business, I would do it 1000%. 
And I will say there is a way to have them both intertwined. Obviously, I have the one account and it works and it makes sense. And it is possible to do them both. But if you are feeling that way, if you're like, okay, my business is very solid, but now I feel like there's more I want to do for me, you always have the freedom to separate. And Shelby is a case study in action of it's not going to, it's not going to ruin your business. Everything's exactly. going to stay good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you can separate. So for people who are listening, who are like, okay, this is amazing. Shelby's building two accounts now. Great for Shelby. She must be so good at content. Yeah. <laughs> what advice do you have for people that maybe are just struggling to grow their one account right now? And they are nervous about putting themselves out there and imposter syndrome is coming up and they're afraid to get on video. What advice do you have for people around content? So I like to tell people this one, it's a little harsh, but just rip the bandaid off and do it anyway. Like we all struggle with our own things. Like I've been showing up online now for, I don't know what, two and a half years. And I still get freaked out when M was my coach, I would send her stuff just to validate, even though I knew it was good. Like you're always a mindset that could shift whether you do it or not. But I always tell people this. What do you want your yourself in three months, six months, a year to look back and see of you and what you did? Is it to embrace fear and chase your dreams and do it anyway? And a lot of times I hear the excuses, I don't know what kind of content to make. And I'm like, that's an excuse again. Everything that you do is content. Literally every single thing that you do, especially in the year of 2023 and moving forward, the personability that you are willing to put and showcase for your business or for your brand is going to secure those clients and that trust factor that you want and that you crave. It's going to build a community that is so strong that no matter who comes in next, they are not budging because they are a Emily fan, a Shelby fan, an Ashley fan, like whatever your name is, chase your dreams and just get on camera. And so a lot of times what I tell people is if they don't feel like showing their face, then just film small clips of your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you. It could be, you know, just your workspace, do hyperlapse videos, make it quicker, do a voiceover, ease yourself into getting on video. And then honestly, a lot of people disagree with me when I say this is, the first video is going to suck. I'm really sorry. I'm just going to say it. you're, you're going to get better, but do not watch that video. Yep. You do it, you record it, you post it, then you can watch it. But once it's posted, because otherwise yep. you're going to be like, I'm going to have to do this again. And then when you try to do it again, you're going to stutter because you're going to try to say the same things that you said last time. It's just going to be a cluster and it's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. So my advice is just to hit record and post it. I used to tell when I coached content more heavily in the past, I used to tell people exactly the same thing of you're not going to like your first content. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel ready to post. And it's probably going to feel like that for like a month, depending on how frequently you're making content too. It might even take more than a month. Yes. But exactly like you said, three months, six months, one year down the line, what do you want your brand to look like? It's never going to get there if you don't get those initial reps out of the way. Right. You got to learn and you only learn by doing. And a lot of times, too, people are like, well, Shelby, I can't look at the camera. And I was like, well, good thing a camera coming from the side angle when you're coaching, when you're teaching, when you're in your element, working, whatever the case is, that is good content. And I like to tell them this, when you are in your element, 
it isn't forced. The fact that the only thing that you have to get over is that there's a camera sitting on one side of you or the other that's filming you while you're speaking to that client or teaching of whatever the case may be that you are doing, get over that mindset. And then you're going to capture that good content because instead of focusing on looking at yourself in the camera or focusing on talking to the camera, you're now focused on doing your job. And that's educating or providing a service or a product to whomever that consumer is. Yes. I was going to say something along those same lines. You hit the nail on the head of like, if you're worried about all these superficial things of how does it look? How am I coming off? Do I look good? Am I perfectly angled in front of the camera? Right. You are centering yourself in the story way too much. It is not about you. The content you create is for your end consumer. Not Mm. about you. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we got to focus on and drop in on. And when you get into that mode of service, I'm doing this for someone else none of the rest of the stuff matters that much. You don't even care. You're going to start posting stuff with greasy hair in the car. Like you're going to get it out. And I will say this last thing too about this is if you set your expectations now, there's so much fake shit on social media that if you set yourself now that I'm just going to show up real raw vulnerable for my clients and my consumer and my community, I don't care who follows it's so freeing. So you're not going to have to say, Oh, I can't video. I can't show up right now. I don't have makeup on. My hair's not brushed. I didn't brush my teeth. I don't have a bra on like those things. If you're willing to just show up and be who you are and who you are as a human and your brand, that is way more freeing. And that is when content really becomes easy to make because you're just showing up as you. That is another layer that your consumer gets to learn about you. So vowed to myself from day one that you're going to get all of me of all aspects. You'll see me crying. You'll see me laughing. You'll see me singing in the car, even though your ears will bleed. You will see all of these things, but that's me. I want to build that connection on a deeper level. And that's what you should want to too, because you're not building just another client or more money in that month. You're building a long-term fan that's going to continue to work with you forever, the long game. Absolutely. And I think in that same vein, people undervalue how important relatability is. Oh, yeah. And if you're trying to be perfect and only the perfectly curated version of you, you become somebody that your audience can't see themselves in. And then the narrative that they start to write in their head is, well, she can't understand me. And if she can't understand me, how can she help me? How can I be the right client for her? We're so different. And so then it starts to put separation between you and your consumer when ironically we were trying to show them that we're the best fit for them. It ends up putting people a little bit further away than if we're willing to be real. And that can look like so many different ways. If you don't want to show up without makeup, you don't have to. But it's more about just the authenticity of it all. Right. Personal preference. Yep. Absolutely. And your advice of just rip off the Band-Aid, that is much nicer than mine. What I usually say to people is get a better problem because if you want to build your business online, like this is part of it. You have to just get over it. The bottom line is like everything that you can come up with in your head is just an excuse. And at this point, it's it's how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to be an entrepreneur? How bad do you want to chase your dreams? How bad do you want a different life? Because honestly, if you're going to sit and complain to me about how much you're miserable or you wish you had a life like mine or anybody else that's an entrepreneur, I don't have time for that shit. No, I will cheer you on if you take the steps and I will help you if you're ready to take those steps. Otherwise, it's just an excuse. Add it to the the other list that Honestly, you got going. Because I mean, really think about that, you guys. Like, do you want your reason of why your business didn't work to be, I was too scared to get on camera? Right. I didn't build my dreams because I was too scared to put a camera in front of my face and post it online when I looked silly. 
I just, and I'm living in a world too. I have kids and I don't know about your listeners or if you do have kids or if you want to have kids or whatever the case may be. I look at it like this. I went to a conference last May or March or whatever it was. And Patrick Ben David was on stage and he said, if you could go back and how much money would you give to have footage of your great grandparents mm-hmm. or someone in your life that was so important that you just crave to know their personality or stories about what it was like for them to grow up. And if you can't turn that switch and say, if all else fails, at least I have a video blog or vlog for my children to go back and watch that their mom chased their dreams or their dad chased their dreams. And what we instill in kids now is you can be anything that you want to be, or at least that's how I'm going to raise my boys. If you want to be anything, you chase those dreams, but you have to work hard to get it. And if I'm not willing to do that, then I have no business telling them that. So if you can resonate that in your brain, then also those other excuses will go out the window. So freaking good. And also, just put a bow on this, just thinking your first video, it might not be so good the first time you do it, but how great is that going to be to do a look where I started video Yes, <laughs> a year from now when the content is so much better? So much better. Can't make those if you don't get started. We all love to look back and laugh at our first piece of content. Oh, yeah. I pointed, and I think, and dance. Yeah. And I <laughs> want to think my dance. words were off screen, and I was actually doing that for other clients. And I was like, I didn't even know what the hell I was doing to even do that for their clients. But that you know what? I did it. It's so funny. And it didn't stop her, you guys. Look where she is today. Look at me now. Kidding. <laughs> so to kind of bring us to a close here, I want to hear all about the next event that you have coming up? Oh, it is coming to life. And Emily helped me come up with a name. She gets kudos to this thing. So (laughs) I do have a podcast called Damn Good Content Podcast. And I was like, Emily, what are we going to name this event? And she's like, well, why don't you just name it like play on damn good. And so November 8th, we are launching damn good marketing live. And I have Emily coming in. I have a few of my other friends in this space coming in to speak to our community. And I am just, we launched it tomorrow. Obviously when y'all hear this, it'll be launched for a week. Yeah. When this episode's out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I don't know. I'm just an emotional roller coaster, and it's so good. I'm just so excited to be giving back to the community in a way that Y'all taught me. Y'all are my people that build me up, lift me up, teach me, keep me going. I look up to. And so that is just so much of what I want to give back to our community and say, these are who I learned from. So it's now your turn. So come join us at Damn Good Marketing Live. And I'm so excited. So you guys, she's flying in some amazing guest speakers, including yours truly, Emily Absolutely. (laughs) She is bringing in marketing experts. She's going to be teaching herself. It is going to be the go-to marketing event of the year. And you're hosting it in not your hometown, but your current location. Yeah. Well, I'm going to call it my hometown. Covington, Louisiana. Yeah. And we're doing it at the Southern Hotel. It's a staple in Covington. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It's just, it's all coming together. It's scary. It's, I will say this, it's scary as hell because I'm going through that mindset right now. Like what if no one signs up and we already have one person signed up. She already has people signed up. (laughs) She told me it hasn't even launched yet. (laughs) So like, it's not, it's, I'm like a dumb, dumb, but also I have sponsors. I'm like, holy shit. Like people believe in it so much already that it's just Uh so crazy. Like they jumped on the sponsorship opportunities. So to me, I'm just like, oh, this is something that this community has been craving. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped. 
It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to be there. I can't wait to see you in action in person. It's I can't wait so to finally funny. meet you in I person. <laughs> These <laughs> online relationships are so funny. I'm like, oh yeah, I know Shelby so well. I've just never seen her in person. Never. <laughs> I'm literally, and you know me, I feel like you know this already, but if not like Southern girl, I'm going to run and probably jump. So just oh go God. ahead, embrace your stance. And <laughs> truly a lot of people that are friends with me, they get weird because I like do that extra 10 second long hug because I like to make them feel oh. awkward. You're and one of those. I'm just that person. <laughs> so I just want you to realize that I like to really be affectionate to the people that I love and adore. And I just, I'm going to run and jump. So brace. I will. My Aquarius self will mentally prep for all of the hug and love and emotions because we are non emotional people. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. Good energy for you. <laughs> You're going to be like, okay, one hug is good. Do not hug me again. Yeah, I'm going to be like, let go, Shelby. That was 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be like counting in your counting head. Loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so got funny. it, got it. Okay, yeah. so Shelby, we'll link it all in the show notes, but I'll let you say it here as well. If people are ready to connect with you, where can they find you? One and two, where can they register and learn more about this event? So I'm Shelby Claymall and my personal brand is it's Shelby Claymall and Claymall is spelled just like Clement. And our agency is Shelby Claymall Marketing underscore SCM. We are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, basically all the platforms just go there or just go to shelbyclaymallmarketing.com and you can find it. Also for the event, you can sign up in the link in the bio starting, well, when this launches, it'll be at live link in the bio on Instagram or on my website as well. So I'm super uh, pumped. Amazing. I am super excited too. You guys, like I said, we will link all of that in the show notes for you to go and see and go and reference and click on. Check it all out. Come join me and Shelby in Louisiana in November yeah, for yeah. this event. My first time being there too. Oh my God. And then you might move here. Just bring Moon. Oh, You're going to fall in love. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Every, okay. I've jumped. Like I told you. This is me. Oh my me. God. Manifestations in action. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shelby, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely enjoyed it. I did too. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for tuning in and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213 606 
888-888-3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this Inner Circle Daily Text List. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.